packages. Making a reveal. Making a reveal. Then it was episode 97 of Rank and Review, and once again we will be discussing creature features. And this episode marks the return of former Rank and Review champion Karen Giese, and she has some strong words for her competitors. Yes, it's been a while since we've heard from Karen, and it's always lovely to hear from her, so we've got a good episode on the horizon. But before you venture into it, you should go in knowing that there will be spoilers and there will be coarse language. I'm your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons. As always, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I would really value any feedback you had. You could send that to rankinreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Let's roll into this. Let's talk about some creature features. So, two-time Rankin Review champion. Yes, I am. Karen Giese yes. has returned to the podcast. Yep. And she's hungry to get that title back. Um, and I would just like to say that I differ on the definition of winner. <laughs> two-time beats one time, hands down. You are the only two-time Rankin Review champion. Yeah. But oh, and one yes. time. Zero for six. Zero for six as well. So, um, yeah, so. I got to go over some of the records. See, because I only started giving out awards for zero for six, like about like the halfway point. Yeah. There's a few other people. I think your brother went zero for six with me in the, in the zombie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, might, I might owe him a prize that Uh-oh. he doesn't know about. <laughs> but you're, like I say, only two-time champion. Yep. So this is, you're, you know, you're in a prestigious place. I am. And I also think that the record hold it, that you had, it was in like 60 episodes between your first win and your second win. Like, number three and number 63. <laughs> yeah. You betcha. So, like, <laughs> that reign is going to be hard to, to beat. I know, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> re- recently, the, the championship belt's been passed around a little bit. It's actually mm-hmm. starting to happen. I know, I know. I remember when I first started doing the show, I kept on thinking, like, someone's got to win. Like, <laughs> no one's winning. I was happy that you were the champion. I didn't yeah, necessarily yeah. want you to be dethroned, yeah. but I was just weirded out that, do I have such absurd taste in movies? I think that the math is actually significant, though. Matching six for six is, yeah. is not a common thing. Not so. an easy thing. So we got you back, and we're doing yeah. horror. Yes. Proper horror movies. Proper horror. Well, yeah. at least scary. In, in scare quotes, yeah. horror movies. Yeah. Um, why? Why this list? Why now? Because I genuinely like psychological messing with you. <laughs> I like those kind of movies. I like, I like to have my brain tricked right. into being scared. I'm, I'm really logical, so that's a, that's a feat. Right. Yeah, to actually get me. Yeah. And I think that that's an important distinction. Like, there is some sort of special effects action kind of fantasy horror that we Mm -hmm. have in here as well 
but I think the kind of stuff that you're connecting to are the ones that, that, that you want to talk about, that you're more excited to talk about, attack you on sort of a visceral psychological level. Yeah. I think it's kind of easy to say, ew, that's gross. Sure. Somebody just got their guts cut open, ew, gross, or boo, that scared you, like a yeah. sudden loud noise. But I don't know how difficult that is necessarily to, to achieve, right? Not with uh, Hollywood today. It's all about the glitz and glam, blow um, everything up, scare. Yeah. That's I, not appealing. I want me. a movie that stays with me, that yeah. I will chew over. Like, yeah. a lot of movies that you see nowadays, I, like, I will forget by the time I've walked out of the lobby of the theater, right? It's just like... That's a sad thing, but yes, I agree. Um, yeah. I like a movie that sticks with me, and for good or ill, a lot of these... Sorry. That's a great. lot of these... For good or ill, a lot of these scarier movies will, will stick with me. They will, yeah. like, they're, they're haunting. They have this quality to them. For sure. So um, that's what I connect to. Yeah. But I'm also not against the other end of the spectrum. But I, you know, where I will sit here and depend movies like Deep Star Six, um, it's not. It's a personal thing. I, I will understand that that I like the monster jumping out of the dark when I'm in that mood. Yeah. But I think like if I'm making a list of my very favorite horror movies, for instance, mm -hmm. we're gonna lean more towards the psychological disturbing side than we are towards. You know, the jump and scare. Jump and scare. The, the boo scares, yeah. as I like to call yeah. them. Um, yeah. They're like the slapstick comedy of horror. <laughs> well, <laughs> not appealing to me. It's interesting. Horror and comedy is very often compared because you know you get a physical, visceral reaction from comedy and horror. Yep. I can tell whether or not you're enjoying comedy by your body language, whether or not you're responding, whether or not you're laughing. Right. Yep. Same thing with the horror should should tense you up. Yeah. A lot of these movies, I'm noticing another connection, and maybe that's because we're in the age of superheroes. We talked about this in my most recent uh, subtitled Scares episode, too. A lot of these almost read like superhero origin stories to me. Yeah. We're going to talk about horns and I, Frankenstein, and, uh, you know... <laughs> I, Frankenstein. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm not necessarily defending them. I'm just saying that it's interesting yeah. that if you change them just a little bit, uh, they're almost like the origin story for some badass yeah. supernatural superhero figure. It is really, really difficult to come up with something truly original in this day and age. A lot of people say that, that everything has already been written, and which is unbelievably sad. Mm. But uh, I hope people keep on trying to you know, get the goods. Well, two things in my response to that. I've heard that argument too. One, I, don't just, I just don't believe it. Yeah. I think that we're used Let's to hope. we're used to hearing certain kinds of stories yeah, and repeatedly love triangles and tales of vengeance and things like that. They'll yeah. always be with us. Yeah. And yeah, there's only a certain different there's only a few different dynamics that seem to play out over and over again. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those the it's the singer not the song type of thing. <laughs> it's, it, it's like how you're telling the story, mm -hmm. who's telling the story, what perspective you take on it that little, like how you approach the story can make yeah. a story that would otherwise be completely, you know, derivative yeah. and fresh and new. I think that's part of why I tend not to go with Hollywood <laughs> movies and I tend to go for the more indie or foreign films because they tend to have a voice that I haven't really heard. They don't that look much. as pretty often, but they will. They're not as predictable. No, no, which is you, nice. You know what you're getting a lot of times when you sit down to watch an underworld movie or whatever, Resident Evil. Yes. You, I, I will watch those movies. I'm not shit talking them, but I'm <laughs> saying I'll sit down yeah. and I know exactly what I'm going to get into. Yeah. What yeah. you know, a good one of these does is where I sit down and I watch this and I'm like, where am I? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. So. Far and few.
Sweet. Is there, is there anything you would like to say by way of introduction before we list off these six movies and, and, and start? Well, I would just like to say that I hope I become three-time champion because people are like on my heels right now, which makes me a little nervous. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Take that as a challenge. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I'm not going to cook the books. Like I say, I've never cheated. I've never cheated on rank and review. It's weird because a lot of times the middle movies, too, I'm not as passionate about the rank. Yeah. And it would be like, on another day, we would agree. But unfortunately, this is not this that day. day. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Okay, well, the six creature features that Karen and I are going to discuss this day. I, Frankenstein, starring Aaron Eckhart. Daniel Radcliffe, starring in Horns. We're going to talk about the Babadook. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to watch a film called Werewolf, the Beast Among Us. We will discuss Dracula Untold. And we're going to finish this one off with Under the Skin, starring one Scarlett Johansson. Uh, those are the six movies that are going to be ranked and reviewed, or more yes, accurately, reviewed and then ranked. Yes. This day. Yes. Thanks for being Possibly here. Possibly butchered. Possibly butchered. <laughs> we shall see. Frankenstein. The rumors are true. I was given life 200 years ago. I am like none other. Strength and speed and stamina, far beyond that of any human. You could use those gifts in a war that you are already a part of. I go my own way. You cannot save the human race. Nothing can stop their demise. Frankenstein. Yes. I have many questions. Yes. Like I, I, I'm not sure exactly where to begin, but I'm going to choose to begin here. Okay. Why gargoyles? Because they needed something to fight the demons. Why not angels? Because it's been done before. Has it? I don't know. It's just weird to me. I mean, uh, <laughs> Aaron Eckhart is a decent actor in the middle of a terrible special effects horror movie called sure. uh, I, Frankenstein. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, it takes the premise of, you know, Mary Shelley's novel seriously up to the point. Yeah. He did murder, you know, Victor Frankenstein's wife. He is sure. the creature. He did live in the Arctic for many years learning ninja skills. <laughs> but he gets drawn yes. into this war between uh, demons and gargoyles, the gargoyles mm-hmm. representing the good, the demons, the bad, and they need him because he's unique, because he's an empty vessel, he has no soul in him, so yeah. the demons have this really convoluted thing where they can create creatures without souls, fill them with demonic souls, and take yes. over the world! Yes, they can. But, going back to this gargoyle thing... <laughs> uh, like, it seems like the movie is set up, that this is the power of heaven and hell going at it. Like, mm-hmm. it really does seem like they should be angels. Yeah. And, like, there's another similar-themed, I guess, series of horror movies called The Prophecy, 
which has good and bad angels fighting each other. Right. But I don't know. Like, we haven't really... I, I don't remember a lot of horror movies where we see angels throwing down against demons. I mean, there's they're out there, but there's not okay. a ton of them. It seems like a strange choice. Yeah. And, uh, like, when I was a kid, I liked the idea of the gargoyles more traditionally, you know. They're guardians. They, they sit on the corner of your building and they protect your property, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it just seemed like a strange jump. Yeah. But, I mean, what about this movie isn't strange? Like, yeah. does it pitch well? Did it seem like it would be a good idea on paper? I, I don't know. So... I've come out of the gate here. I'm not a fan of I, Frankenstein, but I'm hoping maybe Karen can help me unpack this. What have I missed? I have nothing good to say about this movie, really. <laughs> honestly, it's... Uh, I mean, they took a fantastic story, Frankenstein story, Mary Shelley. Yeah. Fantastic story. And they bastardized the crap out of it. <laughs> I don't know what these people were thinking or... But I mean, that's what that's what sells, right? To these youngsters is the flashy type of crap. Well, and the flashy type of crap is as close as I will come to the compliment to this movie. Yeah, there are sequences with the when the uh, all of the demons on mass attack the cathedral, and sure. they're all pouring over the side of the building in waves. Yeah, where like that looks cool, mm-hmm. and there's like scenes where I could turn the sound off and watch the gargoyles fighting the demons and say that's pretty, but I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I didn't care when any of them died. It didn't have any mm-hmm. weight or reality to it for me. Yeah, but I'm not gonna say that it wasn't well executed and didn't look good. It does. Sure. It looks good. Sure. But it is so essentially empty. And because it's based off something that is so not empty. Not right? at all. If you're going to hit your boat to this Frankenstein thing, well, yeah. pick a side on it. Obviously, they go for the sympathetic treatment of the creature, which uh, I've said in the past of the pop, in the podcast, I am unpopularly <laughs> not a supporter of. To, to me, I stop cheering for the creature after he strangles a little boy and and, and kills this woman, Mm. right? Yes, he's wrong. Yes, he's a creature that was created, but he is a monster. And in this movie, he's dreamy. (laughs) He's supposed to be like this thing that was made of other corpses and tied together. And, and, you know, in the book, it's not really implicit, even that it's electricity that is the thing that ignites him. Mm -hmm. But He's supposed to be this horrendous, horrible creature that people... He's an outcast because people are revulsed by the sight of him. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird choice for me that he's like this rippling, <laughs> sexy dude. Sexy dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I do have to say, like, I, I kind of agree, like, the whole... I was really disappointed when it turned from the more traditional Frankenstein movie into a battle of good versus evil. So, so super disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do, at least like for a while, he was referred to as Frankenstein's monster and not Frankenstein, which is a bone of contention for me, Mm -hmm. um, which was also great. Oh, and aside, don't you think that the demons kind of looked like the fly? The fly? Yeah. Like when he's the like mid-transformation. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, Somewhat. Bit, I can see bit. where you're going for yeah. there. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, another thing about this conflict. I think that the, the familiarity of the subject is uh, this is produced by the same company that does all the underworld 
films. Yeah, of course it is. Beckinsale. So they have these war going on between werewolves and vampires. Yeah. So they didn't want to fuck with the formula too yeah. much, right? So this is going to be demons and gargoyles. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know, A, why it wasn't just directly attached to the Underworld franchise in that means. Just why not add demons and gargoyles to the mix? Or add Frankenstein's monster. Or add monster. Frankenstein's monster to yeah. the mix if you want to do yeah. that. I think it's the inclusion of Bill Nye because he'd already played a villain in the Underworld yeah. franchise. But there's a percentage of... He was Tiberius, of... right? <laughs> He's the first big bad from the first movie okay. of Underworld franchise. I've never actually seen Underworld. Oh, no? Okay. No. I'm not a big fan of Kate Beckinsale in tight-fitting clothing. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. She's a hottie. She's totally She's a totally hottie. hottie. Uh, no, I just, um, like I said before, I tend not to go with Hollywood-type movies with no substance. And that, I mean, absolutely, Underworld would apply. And yeah. uh, I'm not a like I'm not going to be you know defending Underworld a lot, yeah. but I will say the worst entry of Underworld. Better than I, Frank. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't fantastic. But. Know what you are, I guess. Um, because Adam, as he calls, is called, or is the name given to him. Miranda Otto is in charge of the gargoyles. Where did they get these great actors to be in this movie? Sure. But he's supposed to, he's neither good nor bad. He's a wild card. Yeah. But they play it as sort of this obtuse rebel thing. I'll look after myself, you know? I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to be nice to me. I don't even care if they're mad to me. Me, me, me. Exactly. You bet. You bet. He clearly needs to spend more time with people. <laughs> there you <laughs> he's go. Been, he's been alone too long. Uh. But there's another Frankenstein movie. It's a found fiction film, uh, The Frankenstein Theory. Fan fiction? Uh, a found fiction. Found, found footage. Found footage, okay. Uh, yeah. Film. And it posits that love, it makes the pretend idea that, okay, the Frankenstein story was real. And this camera crew, some guy for a reason, his family is connected to it. He believes that it's a real thing. And he hires a crew to go up to the north okay. to find evidence to right. prove that it's true. And in that, they actually encounter this creature that's been living mm. by itself up in the north. And, I mean, it's a found footage, whatever, whatever but it's... Far more credible in yeah. its incredible construct than I Frankenstein is. Yeah. I mean, I understand we're dealing with stuff that's on its face kind of silly. And, you know, I maybe I don't gel with the idea of Frankenstein's monster in the modern world the way a lot of people seem to. It's a very commonly revisited thing. Sure. But they didn't bring anything to it. Like, it really was yeah. <laughs> pretty lights, ripped abs... And no substance. No substance. At all. Yeah. Yeah, it was filler. <laughs> yeah, really. And bad filler at that. Filler with a whole bunch of holes in it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I like Aaron Eckhart, like, as an actor. I don't think he sucks. Miranda sure. Otto will probably never get a role as awesome as Eowyn <laughs> in the Lord probably of the Rings not. movies. Yep, yep. So maybe we should just stop waiting for that. But I really okay. like her. Yeah. So, like, give her something to do. Uh, yeah. No. Bad movie. Yeah. Nothing good. The best I could say is if you're you're doing house cleaning or something like that, play an album that you like and, and you can just have the visuals going <laughs> on the TV and yeah. you can look over every now and then while you're vacuuming and go, yep. ooh, gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I don't know what more I can say about I, Frankenstein. I mean, There's really we've been nothing. mean, but I think it... Justifiably. Not undeserved. Yeah. Skip it.
love you for the rest of my life. Just love me for the rest of mine. Please, you have to believe me. I loved her. What does it feel like to get away with murder? You're coming on to save your soul, I should ask the devil to punish you ever killed her. You know, you don't have to convince me. I believe you. Why are you protecting me? Because if I did anything to her, then I'm a monster. Did you notice anything unusual? In my notes? What are they? You know how I think we should proceed? I should grind me up some Oxycontin and have a little snort. Well, um... Everyone in this town is going crazy. I think it's because of me and these horns. You killed that innocent girl, now the devil has claimed you. He didn't kill her father, and now people are telling me all these things I don't want to hear. I'm so bad. I'm bad. I'm pretty enough to be on TV, right? We gotta figure out who really killed Marin and get him to confess. Ig, I would never hurt her. Tell me, tell me everything that happened. So we're gonna talk about horns. It's based on a novel by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King. Hmm. Um, it stars Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> and. Indeed, um, Harry. And this was sort of a series. They did a bunch of horror movies and sort of thriller movies to try and, as consciously as possible, rend that Harry Potter image yeah. from himself so people don't constantly call him Harry Potter like I do. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Harry Potter. You're Harry Potter until I say otherwise. <laughs> I think uh, given his choices, though, he's done an excellent job. No, he's absolutely. Made some freaking good choices. I'm a fan of Radcliffe. Yeah. Like, even though I call him Harry Potter, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think he's a decent actor. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I totally understand him choosing this part. Um, it's an interesting uh, concept for a movie, and I think that the response most people will have to it is how they react to the tone of the movie. Because mm -hmm. it is super dark, and I definitely think it qualifies as a horror movie, Yeah. but it's almost closer to being a comedy at points than it is a horror movie as well. Mm -hmm. But not a sort of obvious kind of huh huh kind of man fall down sort of comedy it's yeah. like really biting mean comedy and intelligent Intel no it's, it's very intelligent it's smarter than you expect it to be but yeah. then at times it's kind of crazier than you expect it to be and it's sort of how these two things balance yeah um so ig who's being played by daniel radcliffe wakes up and he doesn't have a clear memory of what's happened but the yeah. takeaways are that his girlfriend is dead mm -hmm. everybody thinks that he did it there's no proof that he didn't do it yeah but he's got these two sort of really really uh, suspicious things that are developing uh, two <laughs> horns have suddenly started growing out of his head yes and uh so that doesn't make him look innocent <laughs> And on top of that, it starts giving him these superpowers, like I said. Yeah. Uh, people voluntarily will admit their deepest, darkest secrets and selves to him without even him asking to. Yeah. Snakes start to follow him around. Mm -hmm. And he starts developing all of these powers and using them to try and figure out who killed his girlfriend or if he, in fact, killed his girlfriend yeah. and, and what has brought about this. Mm -hmm. But the fallout to the left and right is incredible. Like, even if at the end of things, you know, he was able to walk away with this free and clear, like, 
getting that insight into the people's darkest thoughts, I think, is what I really found interesting about the movie. More so than the murder mystery and how that sort of, un, you know, resolves and plays out. Yeah. I was interested in this world of this guy who would only be able to see the worst of people. Only be able to see the worst of people? I kind of agree with you on that point. I think, like, bigger picture, it was maybe like a, I don't know, talking about how people conform based on how their society sees them. Like, kind of like a, a bullying peer pressure type thing. Everyone saw him as this demon because they all thought that he murdered his girlfriend. Right. So he became the embodiment of their thoughts, which I thought was actually really quite interesting. And that's never really made clear. Like, and that's it's just, not. It's a weird question in the movie. We're going to keep you off kilter. We're not going to explain this for you necessarily. Yeah. Um, I... Again, going back to the murder mystery, I, I found that to be one of the few things about the movie that I did predict. Like, I thought it was pretty obvious where they were going with this. I didn't believe at any point that Ig did it. Like, I no. just didn't believe it. And no. they really wanted us to for a long time. And we've seen these love triangle things before. Mm -hmm. Why were we spending so much time with Ig's past if it wasn't related to what was going on in his present? Right? Yes. yes. So, the murder mystery isn't much of a murder mystery, I guess is what I'm getting around to. But the comedy... Is a really good comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're there for the gross out stuff, and Alexander Aja, the director here, mm -hmm. is uh, he does good horror movies. He will he yes. will bring the red for you. Mm -hmm. I think perhaps maybe a little over dependent on computer generated effects for sure. my liking. Yeah. But horns works enough. It's an interesting enough movie. There's enough interesting stuff in it that I can completely mm -hmm. endorse it. But I don't seem to be as foaming at the mouth enthusiastic about horns as a lot of people seem to be, too. Like me. Like you? Well, I loved this hear. movie. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And probably more because, you know, the all the visual stuff was very secondary for me. Right. It was, it was all about his mindset and about the mindsets of other people and holding people accountable. That's kind of what I see as his power is he made other people be accountable for their actions and for their thoughts. It was, I don't know. I don't well, know if anybody else got that from it. I don't know but. if, I, like, accountable is an interesting way to put it. Like, when he's at the doctor's mm -hmm. office, the doctor, you know, starts grinding pills and snorting oh, them and, and, sure. and, 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 and fucking Face his instincts. assistant. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. uh, the guy at the bar, you know, upon seeing him, mm -hmm. decides, you know what, I've been thinking about burning down this place yeah. and getting the insurance money. And sure. he just does it. Well, then, you know, part of the whole freeing process is just saying it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow it, it. articulating it makes it real. Yeah. It's interesting for me, I find with a lot of creative endeavors, if I'm in the middle of a writing project or something mm -hmm. like that, I find that the opposite is if I find myself talking about it a lot to people, mm -hmm. then usually my productivity slows down on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a strange right. sort of thing. But the idea is, is like, yeah, once you've put that bad idea or once you've said that bad thought aloud, it's freed. Yeah, the people seem to feel better for it. Yeah. Everybody seems to feel better for it except Ig. That scene where he talks to his mother. Oh, and yeah. She, like, That's sad. It's brutal. Oh. A, yeah. she 100% thinks he's guilty. Yeah. And B, she has always regretted being a mother. Yeah. <laughs> and she would never say that to her son. And she loves her son. Yeah. And on some level, he knows that, too. Yeah. But whenever he sees his mom, you know, <laughs> this is the kind of shit she's going to drop on. Exactly. Exactly. I also thought there was this one scene where he was like, I think he was pretty full-on demonized. And then... 
Um, I can't remember the girlfriend's name. Juno Temple plays, or the, the woman who was murdered? Yeah. Yeah, Juno Temple. I can't remember the character's name, but the Me actress either. is Juno Temple. Um, anyway, so her, the, the girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, her dad gives him a cross, her yes. cross, and he kind of like transforms back into like a human human. Right. Um, which I thought was very interesting. And again, um, and maybe I'm finding deeper meaning in this movie than than it deserves. Right. But I kind of thought that was like, if we go along the whole bullying lines, having one person who believes in you and is there for you and has your back can make all the difference in the world. And one person. What's strong about that, other than it's David Morris, who's a really good actor playing that role, is that it's the last person in the world that should believe it. Exactly. Exactly. And he does believe Ig. He does. Yeah. Doesn't even have any good reasons to believe him. He just nope. believes him. Yeah. Um, Redemptive qualities of a single person, right? Yeah. There's an interesting supporting role in this movie by, mm-hmm. by Heather Graham as oh. the <laughs> waitress yes. who knowingly Heather. gives false testimony, which is Heather. part of the reason <laughs> everybody uh, believes Ig to be guilty. Yep. It's an interesting supporting role from her. Like, uh, Heather Graham always seems like this uh, actress whose star just seems to should be a little bit brighter than it is. Like she has these movies where she's really good and then she disappears for years at a time. Yeah, she's like a B and a half. You know, not quite, can't quite. She hasn't quite broken all the way through, but I do like her. Yeah. And I liked how she embraced this character. It wasn't for me just that Ig had this magic power to make her confess. Mm-hmm. There was something so awful about this girl. Like she'd been she'd been in the service industry for too long, <laughs> yes. and she was willing to do anything, anything. to get out of it. Yeah, and uh, you know, like, so if this guy goes to jail, I don't, but I'll be on TV, and I'm pretty, and people will notice me, and my life is going to change. Yeah, it's interesting how. Mm-hmm how much vitriol we get for that character how quickly you bet and yet and i give points to aja for this when she's assaulted by the serpents in her car mm-hmm. that scene's fucking horrifying it's <laughs> like, pretty damn good I, I i wasn't necessarily going yeah you take that it was just there was something so ugly about it it's like yeah you deserve this but ew <laughs> right? a little bit of you i uh... Yeah, again, maybe like, you know, your own demons attacking you type of thing. Your right. own, I don't know, I don't know quite how to voice that, but karma. She gets bitten in the face, like her beauty is attacked. The vanity is attacked. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And, yeah. uh. <laughs> really, really perfect. <laughs> so even if she recovers from this, she'll never recover from this, right? Like, no. I, I got the feeling like she was getting killed. <laughs> but like, uh. There's a horrible scene in the movie Seven where one of the victims by John Doe is her face is cut up and she's right. given the choice to take sleeping pills or call the ambulance. The nose, wasn't it? Yeah, her nose yeah. had been removed and she takes yep. the pills. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like, again, the, I guess Seven is one of the many things that probably were an inspiration for, for Horns, too. Yeah. One of the things I think that Joe Hill has taken from his old man that might not be for the best... Mm-hmm. is his tendency, I haven't read all of his books, but I read a few, um, to work in black and white. There mm-hmm. are characters who are good, and there are characters who are just bad. And I find most people exist in the gray netherworld, right? Good people sometimes do shitty things. A- absolutely. And is. bad people will occasionally do nice things, yeah. right? But uh, Although for probably very different reasons. 
There was something about the way things unfold when we find out. We go into spoiler territories here. Mm. He has this confrontation with his best friend, and then he realizes that this has all been because of the one guy who he was trusting, right? Yeah. And again, I, I felt that coming a long ways. Yeah. And he has this interesting turn because when he first is confronted, he seems very emotional and upset about it. Mm. And then they have a, str- a fight and a struggle, and a third party gets his head obliterated <laughs> by a shotgun. Yes. And our evil master man cackles maniacally at this. <laughs> yeah. He's not horrified by it. He's yeah. not like, this is a person he's known his entire life who just died brutally in front of him. Yeah. And he chortles. Yeah. And I guess like the idea of that is kind of mm-hmm. horrifying, but I just didn't buy it. I don't buy that anybody reacts to that. Even if you're, like, evil to your core, that's a sudden shocking moment. There's an oh, fuck thing, right? You know what, though? We both know a person who, when when she's in pain, she laughs uncontrollably. Right. And the more pain she's in, the harder she laughs. <laughs> People have different types of reactions. Maybe that is his shock reaction. Well, tangential story. Yep. But that's what I'm all about. Yep. When I was a kid, I was having really bad allergy attacks. Yeah. And I had to figure out what it was. And uh, I'd known that it was a series of needles. Uh, and I was terrified because I was a kid and it was a series of needles. For sure. And they put all this stuff on your back and see if your skin reacts to it yeah. or not. So I spent the week sitting up terrified, terrified <laughs> for this appointment. And we get there and my nerves were so much that it was exactly that. Yeah. Each needle, I just started to laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah. And as they were leaving, I remember the, the nurse saying to my dad, you'd be surprised how often that happens. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'm full yeah. of shit, but I'm going to cough here. So maybe I'm full of shit, but yeah. there was something about that moment where I just kind of was like, oh, does he have to be this mm-hmm. this evil? Does he have to? If it's really a love triangle and he was jealous of his best friend their entire life and it finally bubbled to this point... I would think it's more than a love triangle, though. This is, like, psychotic obsession. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But it, in a way, it seemed like a slow burn. He'd known this guy his entire life and never got a whiff of how broken he was. Yeah. And he wasn't just a little bit broken. He was crazy, right? Yeah. And I, th- I think that they could have dialed that down. And, again, for me, the big, you know, when the big bad is punished... The CGI effects kind of take over for me, and it's it didn't feel credible, so I wasn't I didn't enjoy yeah. his death as much as I could. It was just like, oh, and now we turn into a cartoon. Yeah. Right. See, and yeah, for me, it, I totally didn't even notice it. No. Didn't notice it at all. The yeah. snake, the snakes, for some reason, didn't feel. Really, yeah. Out of the mouth. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Bad things happening, and no, and he definitely yeah. deserves a bad death. And yeah. I get that. Mm. Um. I almost kind of wish, in a way, like, we could further explore Ig's character. Unfortunately, Ig gets his vengeance, but it costs him his life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said with this whole superhero origin thing, like, the further adventures of Ig and his horns would yeah. be kind of interesting to hear it about, you know? Yeah. And how yeah. difficult it would be to go through life. Like, yeah. in a way, whenever you met somebody, you'd get the worst stuff out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Like, But it's such an unfair thing to have, right? Um, I like the darkness of the humor. I I like Alexander Asha as a director, generally speaking. Uh, I think the cast here is really strong. And it's not your typical horror movie. No. Absolutely worth checking out Horns. Uh, I I just think it's like a three and a half star movie. You seem to think it's a four star movie. Absolutely four. (laughs) I really do. Fair enough. Highly recommended. Is there anything else you want to say about Horns before anybody? Um... Yeah, I don't know. Take what you will from it. It's I think it's a great movie and I think it does a lot to 
cast a light on present society. Yeah. It's got Also, witch hunt. Witch hunt. It's got the classic witch hunt. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Where'd you get this? On the shelf. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Nothing bad's gonna happen, Sam. Did he think that about my dad before he died? He sees things as they are, that one. I promise to protect you if you promise to protect me. Oh, my God. Did he hurt anyone? The boy has significant behavioural problems. This monster thing has got to stop, all right? It's just a book. It can't hurt you. We're doing the Babadook. Babadook. Um, Jennifer Kent is an actress uh, who's been working. She did movies like Babe. She was in Babe and a few other things, but her acting career was drying up. She wasn't getting a lot of roles, so she decided to try her hand at writing and directing. And I'm really glad that she did, because Hmm. she came up with this movie here called The Babadook. Nice. Uh, It concerns a widowed woman and her son, Mm-hmm. Who live alone in a crowded and dark house. Yes. Very, very. <laughs> it was it is definitely one of those houses that was designed to shoot a horror movie in. It's yes. just something inherently creepy <laughs> about it. Um and her son is troubled. We're not exactly sure if it's if he's on the autism spectrum or if he's got a learning disability or if he's just traumatized, like Yeah, I don't but know. He is a handful. He's a lot to deal with and uh they live this isolated life together. One day, a mysterious book shows up on the shelf called The Babadook. And she starts reading it to her little boy. And he gets about a third of the way through it and realizes, not kid-friendly. Not in the least. (laughs) And she uh, slams the book closed, and her boy is obviously really upset by it. And this is sort of the active sort of action that starts a series of, apparently, severely supernatural events. Yeah. Um... This is all tied into her own personal psychological state and her grieving over the loss of her husband and her frightening, growing resentment of her child. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, I got some Shining vibes off of this movie and the Shining, especially the book, sort Mm -hmm. of plays off of that that powerful love connection that you have with your kids has a sort of a flip side where sometimes they just drive you completely crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, if that if that side takes over, bad things happen, right? Yeah. And uh, I think she's wrestling with that. She's, she doesn't know how to help her son. She loves her son, but she's Good having, God, she's having such a hard time taking care of herself. She's so yep. fragile that she, she's not even up to the task almost at no. this point. So, uh, yeah, things continue to escalate, yeah. and uh, both she and her son grow stronger through this supernatural adventure, mm-hmm. but the large takeaway for me is that the performances are amazing, and the movie itself is terrifying. It is, <laughs> And yes. uh, that's what I go for. That's what I want to see yeah. when I go see a horror movie. So, big fan. <laughs> Of the Babadook, but uh, I would love to hear what K2 has to say. I completely agree. I thought this is probably one of the best horror movies 
that I've seen in a really long time. Absolutely. The psychological aspect of this is exactly what I look for in a good horror movie. There's not... Really, there's no glitz and glam about it. Like, the house you were talking about, the house itself is just oppressing. Yeah. It's like, it's absolutely... Both of their mindsets manifest. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy, creepy, lovely. A tricky thing that you have here when you're reliant on a child performance for a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this little kid. Oh, let's see if I can find his name. Oh, my God. Here. I think it looks like a really young version of Clockwork Orange Guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Noah yeah. Wiseman is the name of the kid. Noah Wiseman. Uh, I'm never going to be hard on a, on a child actor, and I don't think that he sucks in the movie, but... What I love about him is that he is so clearly a kid. Yeah. Like, a lot of kids that have grown up Hollywood or who are professional child actors, Mm -hmm. if you sit down and talk to them, there's no difference. Like, they don't sound like kids. They don't behave like kids. Nope. Really short adults. They're young adults. Yeah. Yeah. Even when they're eight or nine. Mm -hmm. They just talk very erudite and very... (laughs) Yeah. this was a kid. Um, and I think there's a good and bad sort of aspects to that. It's probably made it a lot harder on set to get the performance out of them and probably made the job of everybody tougher. On the but same note, it's super authentic. It is 100% Jeez. genuine. Yeah. Um, the, the, another movie that has a similar, similar thing is called The Fall. It's centered on a little kid's performance, and a lot of people think that she's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's a little kid. Yeah. She's a believable little kid. And we so rarely see believable little kids in yeah. movies that we almost don't recognize yeah. it when we see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that the kid is awesome, but I don't know that he's necessarily an actor. I think that the, that, that was like a very finessed performance that they mm-hmm. got out of this child. Yeah. But uh, genuinely chilling moments. Yeah. When he goes catatonic in the backseat of the car... Like, the hair stood up <laughs> the back of my neck. You know, as a parent, the those weird things that he would do to act out to get his mom's attention, when he climbs to the top of the play structure and then he stands just yeah. with his feet on the bars and starts yelling for his mom. Yeah. It's terrifying on several levels. It's terrifying just as he's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying as he's yelling. And it's terrifying how long it's taking his mom to notice what's going on. Yeah, right? exactly. And... The movie builds these tensions, like, amazingly well. Yeah. Yeah. So. I also thought that they had uh, the mom and the son. Their dynamic was a fantastic thing to watch. They were very, very convincing as a troubled mother having problems with her troubled son. Yeah. And humoring him, but then getting under his spell. I love really early in the movie... They show this ritual that happens at bedtime mm-hmm. where she searches the house. This is a, a common sort of psychological uh, ailment that people will have where they're just always convinced that there's something hiding somewhere in their house or that yeah. they're never alone. Yeah. It's a paranoia. Um, I remember reading this Whitley Stryber book on communion <laughs> where this guy believes he's being kidnapped by aliens. It's first manifested itself as him compulsively having to search his house before he could sleep every yeah. night. Every room, every closet, every crawl space. We see her going through this ritual with her son, but we see her doing it with this sort of dead-eyed expression, like there's nothing yeah. in the closet, there's nothing under the bed, there's nothing yeah. We do this again and again through the movie, but as mm-hmm. the movie goes on, we can see her becoming more of a believer mm-hmm. <laughs> as these rituals sort of take place. Yep. And she starts seeing things. Mm-hmm. 
I cannot compliment the Babadook enough in how reserved it is with this creature character. Yeah. It's really like this weird goon-looking thing in, in an overcoat. Like It's like a drawing. Yeah, it's it, like it a, looks like a, a drawing book. from a child's book. Yeah. But it's in the shadows way more than anything else. It does not... Yeah. loom large in front of the camera so which is beautiful it, it makes that's a it beautiful thing so much more impactful absolutely yeah if you know and that's like the flaw of so many hollywood movies we see the monster as soon like cred, curtains open there's your monster it's chasing yeah. somebody we see it in all of its glory right away and it, it just yeah. takes the power away from it. it takes the power away i think um like one of the reasons why I really love this book is something that you just said, talking about how it remains in the shadows for most of the time. But I think the mind is a way more powerful mindfuck than anything else. Yeah. That's that's why I think this movie is so great. It's so subtle. And it's your own imagination looking through their imagination. Well, and I think that the movie will give you the option... That there, are, you can argue whether or not the Babadook is a real thing, a supernatural creature, or a manifestation yeah. of her psychological illness, or even yeah. a physical manifestation of her psychological illness, yeah. which would be a combination of the two. And really, you can pick which one of those you you want it to be. But it all works. In the basement of their house is where she keeps all of her her dead husband's things, mm-hmm. and. It's sort of representative of sort of her compartmentalizing the tragedy. They were driving to the hospital to give birth to their son. There was yeah. an accident and he died. Yeah. And she was never able to get over it. And she's a single mother as a result. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of this spills from that one tragic moment. Yeah. And this has been building and building and building to a tipping point in her mind. Mm-hmm. And that tipping point happens to just coincide with this Babadook attack. Yes, Exactly. It's a happy coincidence. So, you I mean, you can definitely, you can take what you want from it. If you want there yeah. to be a monster there, it, it, there is a monster there. And yeah. even if there isn't a monster there, there is a monster. Again, sort of like that, the dark things that we don't want to admit, she's forced to confront and yeah. conquer. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the final sequence of the film? We're going to get into spoiler territory here, but this is a hotly debated thing. Final sequence. They are uh, in the garden. She's she's defeated the Babadook, so we thought they're in the garden and they're collecting worms out of the garden. And we're wondering what are they up to? And oh, she yeah. fills a bowl the full feeding. of worms, and she goes down into the basement, and the Babadook's in the basement with all of her husband's stuff yeah. in that dark little corner. Again, we don't see it, but the bowl slides underway, and she's like feeding it. Yeah. And it's like, the rhyme in the book says you can't get rid of the Babadook. Mm-hmm. The Babadook is not something you ever get over or that you ever defeat. It's something that you live with, that you feed even. Is that not the same as every single trauma that anybody goes through? Absolutely, it is. It's there, but it doesn't have to control you. You want to just have this place where I'm just going to rip it out and it didn't happen and I'm going to pretend like and that's not healthy. You're not going to get better that way. You have to look at it. You have to confront your Babadook. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has to confront their Babadook. And that's terrifying. And it's made real in this movie. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were like, what the fuck was with that strange ending? Like, it actually looks like she's being lifted up in the air by something. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the special effects are so implicit that you would argue there must be a Babadook. 
I don't know that there must be a Babadook. I think it's scarier that there is this thing. Yeah. I like almost the idea that we create these energies. Yeah. You know, uh, it's. I always used to joke because I've worked in a lot of theaters and a lot of drama departments over my time. <laughs> every drama department and every theater in the world is haunted. Yeah. Because creative people work there and they all want it to be haunted and they all have this creative energy and so they're haunted places right but there's again much like i talk about the flip side to the coin you know we can create a friendly ghost or we can create a babadook yeah but i think it's kind of interesting and as creepy that we create all of this so yeah like the the babadook comes about from not dealing with your shit yeah. It, it will make you and deal with your shit. It'll make you deal with your shit, but at the same time, you know, the the repercussions of you not dealing with your shit are other people, like this kid, yeah. being super hurt. Like, bad mother. Bad mother. That's uh, another thing that I would say that I love about the Babadook. Who's the hero of this story? Yeah. I would say that the child is the hero yeah. of the story. The main character of the story is arguably the mother, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she does go from the place where she almost wants to walk away from her child to screaming at this demonic children, or mm-hmm. that this demonic figure that if you ever touch my child again, I will fucking kill you, right? At the same time, it could be argued that the Babadook is the actual hero. You know, she, she needed to, a kick in the ass. She, she, Babadook gave it to her. Yeah, yes. You know? I wouldn't necessarily wish that upon someone. No, no. Babadook was the best thing yeah. that ever happened to her. Really, really. <laughs> Good things can come from really shitty things. Yeah. You know? But the little boy concocts weapons to do battle. Like, he, yes. he's prepared. He yes. sees this coming. Yeah. So when the Babadook, quote, possesses his mother... Mm-hmm. You can either say he saw this madness coming and he knew she was going to turn on him. Yeah. And he loves her in spite of this and is going to try and see her through it in spite of this. Yeah. Arguably, he is more of a psychological salve to her mm-hmm. than she ever is ever. to him in the movie. You bet. Now, you, yeah. by the end of the movie, they show that their relationship is improving and that, that she's, you know, she's in a healthier spot. Engaging. Engaging. Yes. And, and she's... Feeding her Babadook and being a mom and living her life, not mm-hmm. living in grief anymore. And that's the big sort of win for her. Hey, Mom. Um, I'm 100% on board. I do think this is one of the best horror movies made in recent memory. Yep. I have one complaint. Uh-oh. One complaint. And it's not really a complaint. It's just personal to me. Yes. Dogs in horror movies, man. Mm. They always have to kill a dog. They do. In horror movies. And there's something so terrible about this cute little puppy dog being squeezed to death. Death of innocence. Metaphor. Yeah. Metaphor only. I get it. It's just one of those yep. things like, um, I am a dog person. <laughs> and I'm You're just a like, dog person. Yeah. There's so many horror movies where the dog dies, the dog has there a is. brutal death. Like, yep. kill a fucking cat. You know what? Hey, I'm a cat person. <laughs> and if it no was cat a cat, killing. you'd be having this conversation would, instead yeah. of me. Uh, bullet point though if you haven't seen The Babadook do oh my god do we're talking about all this deep sort of psychological stuff swirling around it but I don't want to miss the fact that it is a very frightening horror movie it is and there's not a fluffy bit to be found in this movie really freaking fantastic highly recommended when the moon is full the beast will be unstoppable (laughs) 
the studio that launched a legacy of monster movies. This wolfman must be stopped. Comes an all-new action-packed thriller. When an evil beast is on the loose. Deadlier than anything we've ever encountered. They must band together. No single hunter has ever been known to slay a beast like this. For the ultimate hunt. Take care of what needs to be done here. No guts, no glory. This fall. The legend. Is reborn. Werewolf, the Beast Among Us. Werewolf, the Beast Among Us. Um, this is interesting. Universal is now in the process of sort of rebooting or reinventing its classic creature catalog. They're doing a big mummy movie with uh, Tom Cruise right away. And they're doing... With Tom Cruise? Yeah. Bah. And they're doing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with... Uh, um, oh my God. Russell Crowe. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they basically want to bring them all back. So expect to see a nouveau Frankenstein, a nouveau Dracula, a nouveau, mm -hmm. like, all of these things starting over again. Um, I don't know that Werewolf the Beast Among Us is the reason they decided <laughs> to start over again. But uh, other than this and the Benicio Del Toro werewolf movie, Wolfman, that uh, I think has been largely forgotten by history, yeah. uh, they haven't really taken this product line that seriously and once upon a time you know the universal monsters was big business universal monsters was the marvel cinematic universe once yeah. upon a time yeah you know you, you got all these great characters you mix and match them you get big stars mm -hmm. you know they're blockbuster tentpole movies so i had reason to be suspicious of this werewolf movie because originally it was going to be theatrically released and then it sort of was quietly released on video but there was, you know, the hmm. two sides of the team. There was people who were saying, like, Universal's coming back to do another werewolf movie. And you know what? They're not even soft-shooing it. They're going hard R, and they're making it a period movie. So let's get excited about this werewolf movie. I heard nothing about this movie. And you're before. lucky for it. And I apologize, because you probably would have gone your entire life having not seen this movie, if not for my podcast. It's super true. <laughs> you were not wrong, Larry. <laughs> yes. But here's the thing, if you are going to make a period piece and you are going to spend this much money and get a cast together and do a werewolf movie, be honest. If this is a period movie, then people should be giving period performances and they should not be armed with flamethrowers and machine guns. And if we are to believe that there are real stakes to move the horror, somebody has to be taking things seriously. Yeah. And that's my big takeaway is that like... Everybody's playing dress up. I didn't buy any of it. No. And uh, it seemed like you, if you just wiggled it a little bit to the left or right, it would be a passable, maybe not a great movie, but at least a watchable movie. But it just, it, it ended up being a really frustrating experience. Yes, it did. So that's where I start with Werewolf yeah. the Beast Among Us. But here, talk me down. Um, there is nothing to talk down. I might even push you further up. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought this movie had a really promising start. Right. Like, the very beginning, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe this will be good. Bring us this um, werewolf movie. Yeah, exactly. It's and, and like you said, it's been a long time since they've gone down this route. And, yeah. I mean, you can't take, uh, what's that called? The Stephanie Myers. <laughs> Ugh. Twilight? Twilight! You can't take those seriously. I don't count no. those at all. No, um, I will take three of these over the Twilight franchise. Don't get me wrong. Oh, at least. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but I was curious, like, what is the location that they were supposed to be at? Because there was like, like fifty different kinds of accents, and I couldn't place anything. And I somewhere really, Europe. like. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I have no idea where this imaginary place would be. Um, and I mean, like, if we're going straight for the bones of the movie, I think um, editing mm -hmm. might have helped in some cases. Like, when the beast was outside one minute, and then the next minute was inside the hotel, chucking people out of the windows. How the hell did it get in there? Generally speaking, there's a lot of chaos as to the part who is where, when, and why. Even who's alive, no when, where, and why. Yeah, it makes <sighs> no sense. It's, uh, yeah, no, I didn't actually like that. And I thought, um, like, the touching of the blade story, you right. know, pregnant mom gets bitten, whatever, uh, part werewolf, um, part vampire. I'm not exactly sure <laughs> right. what's going on with that. Um, I, I mean, even the visual stuff wasn't all that fantastic. Some of it was fine. Some Passable. of it was great. Yep. Um, but again, I mean, editing made the whole thing just really convoluted. Yeah. It was super confusing when it didn't need to be. They're, I think they were trying to, like, force substance into this movie. Well, or something. tone is, again, I've been on this a lot lately in the podcast. Tone's important. Pick Very. a note and run with yeah. it. There's a lot of, I mean, I guess we went through a phase where it was sort of fun to make these discordant movies and, and purposely put people off center. Yeah. But I'm a big believer in choosing what kind of movie you're making mm -hmm. and, and, and riding that trolley. Yeah. And uh, it starts right. You're, you're right. You know, we see this terrified woman running through the woods. Yeah. We think she's being pursued. There's like, there's tension. She's hammering on a door, begging to be let in. The people inside yeah. won't let her in. Yeah. And they're right to not let her in. Yeah. <laughs> She's bad news. Yeah. Oh, okay, right on. So this is they're taking this seriously. This is going to be a hard yeah. R werewolf movie. Yeah. And then we're introduced to the werewolf hunters. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing credible about them at all. Not even a Very, little. very modern performances. They should have had pitchforks instead yeah. of flamethrowers. <laughs> or torches, rather. Yeah, the, and I really hated their, like... Uh, what do they call it? I always want to say cyberpunk, but steampunk sort steampunk. of steampunk quality that they have to all of their weapons. They're just like, yeah. it, they're, they're, and their performances are modern. Ed Quinn, who plays sort of the main guy, yeah. who always has two days of beard on his yes. face and like uh, <laughs> always. delivers yeah. his lines like the cool uh, macho guy. Like, uh, yeah. not credible, not credible. It, uh, I, I, I want them to be battle worn. I want them to yeah. look like they spent their lives hunting werewolves. These guys should be badass. And again, they're always making jokes. They're always taking you out of the reality that had been established. Yeah. This one guy, uh, Scott Bauer, I believe the name of the actor, tells a story about his horse getting its legs ripped off. So he put the wheel on his horse. Yes. And when they cut outside, there literally is a horse with wheels strapped mm -hmm. to the back of it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, this is the property of a comedy or some absurd movie. This is So we're not taking yeah. this seriously. So yeah, this no. is fun and bouncy. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that either, Wait right? Yeah. Uh, if they were trying to make this big deal, there's a, a young kid in the town that they've come to help clean up this werewolf problem who's really eager to help them, really wants to, you know, join the werewolf hunters. Yeah. And I don't know if it was supposed to be a big twist that he was the werewolf, but again, at no point was I surprised that he was the werewolf. No, and he's the one, he had the, the sweet girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Horrible acting job. Not a for good actress. For the love of God. Not a good actress. And again, Kill me. a modern no. performance in a movie that is not modern, right? Like, yeah. She was seriously like pulling teeth. <laughs> it was not a pleasant experience. 
What stings for me is Stephen Ray. Stephen Ray played the doctor. Right. Uh, he he was no well. He's a really good actor. He's been in lots and lots of stuff. But I think he kind of was made. A, the world became aware of him through the Crying Game. I, I saw him even interviewed on the film, and you could just sort of see that he knew, like mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that he was, was not in a good in movie, <laughs> right? Yes. And yeah. it's one of those things where I've seen Stephen Ray enough in enough movies, mm-hmm. like that I almost felt that in his performance is like. Yeah, I'm the doctor who gives that exposition and then turns out to be the bad guy. Yep. <laughs> and yes. here I am collecting a paycheck. That's funny. <laughs> but it's the clumsiness of the execution. Because I will give a mm. B monster movie all the rope it needs to get a passing grade. Like, yeah. I want this movie to be fun and good or, or scary and good. Yep. I want it to work. Like, I'm not, I, I don't like to think of myself as one of these snide difficult critics who just enjoys being clever at how he eviscerates movies right i want it to be credible and it just isn't it's really not we have uh, this big betrayal moment that could have happened where we find out a that the doctor not only knew who the werewolf was but has been training the werewolf and sort of making him victimize people he chooses yeah people he deems unworthy or whatever and he shoots the ed quinn character in the back the, the main werewolf hunter. Mm-hmm. And if that was the end of that character, like if he literally died at that moment, it would have, A, I mean, he would have stopped irritating me. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad actor. He was doing uh, what was asked like, of the role, but it was yeah. just not good. Um, but I was like, oh, wow, we just lost our main good guy. Oh, mm-hmm. This just got interesting. Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, through a convoluted thing, they, the yeah. werewolf is chased into this weird catacomb place Mm -hmm. and they have a final confrontation and everybody shows up as if like they had this agreement 1 15 a.m we're gonna meet in the crypt and have our final confrontation like why people show up at that exact place at that time it makes no sense the doctor shows up (gasps) shock the doctor's there and then the ed quinn character shows up (gasps) he's alive (laughs) and like revelation after revelation that is just making me wanted to tear handfuls of hair out of my head. It's like, you could not have executed this in a more sloppy way. And you have the money, you have the cast. Like, the pieces to make a good movie are all right there in front of you. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's one of those really frustrating things. It's like, this should be at least okay. (laughs) This should Should be okay. Should be. I think, um, like, there was one point in the movie, I think maybe about a third in, uh, when they finally showed the werewolf, like, close up. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might be, uh, like, a redemptive part for the movie was the fact that they weren't showing right. this creature. And and then, and I have here, I'm like, um, oh, yeah, not not seeing the werewolf. That's great. And then it's like, oh, I spoke too soon. <laughs> because once you saw him for the first time, he was there all the time. Yeah. But he was not... Credible looking. He looked like a puppet. Mm-hmm. He looked bad. And I don't know who who funded this movie or produced this movie. Good God. <laughs> Look at what you're putting out there and fix it. Yeah. Yes. It was unhappy about that. I'm also, I guess, a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to the werewolf genre. For me, yeah. if you're bitten by a werewolf, you're fucked. You're fucked. You are fucked. Mm-hmm. You're, the best case scenario is that, you know, you kill yourself or you are killed before you, yeah. like, it's, 
and they tried to like really make this into a happy ending. Not only does our main character a werewolf, but he's going to mm-hmm. be a good werewolf, and he's going to hunt bad werewolves. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works like that. I don't think so. I'm pretty either. sure. Traditionally speaking, <laughs> werewolves. I I don't think they really know. It's the beast takes over. It's called the beast among us. Isn't yeah. it? And typically that's what it is. You know, yeah. we have this animal self, especially associated in, in men, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, we can't, when you become the beast, you are the beast, you are untethered, you cannot control it. It is out there. Yeah. And I think kind of taking that away from it is, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not how I prefer my werewolves to be handled. Personally. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> you have personality when you're not the beast. When you're the beast, you're just that. Exactly. That's as it should be. Yeah. Really, as it should be. Yeah. yeah. They over they overthought it a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that they made a hard R werewolf movie. I, I a lot of a lot of horror movies these days they're strictly in the PG environment. They want to cast a wide net. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of like it, you know. The horror of being, especially with these monster movies, is the idea of being attacked and eaten by a monster. And sure. let it be, I don't know, let the blood flow. To That's the kind of movie you're making, do that. And I, I guess I appreciated that they didn't soft shoe it. They were making a horror movie. Yeah. They just didn't make a very good one. They really did not. <laughs> good enough. Not even an A for effort. Done. <laughs> okay. My father was a great man. A hero, so they say. Sometimes the world doesn't need another hero. Sometimes what it needs is a monster. My prince. I've missed you. Something troubles you. The Sultan is preparing for battle. It requires 1,000 boys for his army. Including your son. Run to your mother. Look away! You can't protect us. I'll find a way. I have been waiting an eternity for a man of your strength to arrive. Which brings us to Dracula Untold, which I like to refer to as much better than I, Frankenstein. (laughs) Um, The interesting thing about the concept of Dracula Untold is they're going back to Vlad the Impaler. Mm -hmm. And there is some credible history to this, that there was such a man who was known for placing people on these spikes and, you know, being a horrendous bad dude. And that kind of compounds the evil of this famous figure of Dracula because that's where he started and then he became possessed of this evil vampiric power. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I like that in its idea. Uh, in the execution, I think that they might have might have made Dracula too likable <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Like, he's the good guy. He's a heroic figure in this movie mm-hmm. who needs to defend his family because the, the evil armies have come through, the ta- come through and they want to commission a thousand children from his domain, including his own son, to be incorporated into their own army and taken away and trained as soldiers. Yeah. He does not want this, but he's not in a position to do anything about it. Mm. So Luke Evans, playing our Dracula, climbs to this cave 
where Charles Dance plays a quite creepy vampire, and he asks to be given the power to protect his family. Yeah. This power comes with a catch. You're going to really, really want to drink blood, and if you drink blood, then you are fucked. You will be cursed for life. But in the interim, you will have all the power you need mm-hmm. to protect And it's only family. drinking blood within the first three days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's sort of got this junky thing. You get this feeling like it's not going to be an easy thing to avoid. Yeah, yeah. So such is the present for Dra- premise for Dracula untold. Yeah. And so, and, and for the most part, I think it's serviceable, and I like it a lot more than I like I Frankenstein. Yep. But I'm not foaming at the mouth either. No. <laughs> no. So, I mean, it's pretty faint phrase to say better than I Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yes. Uh, but it's. Technically well executed. I like Luke Evans as sort of the lead, and I get having the muscular sort of sexy swashbuckling Dracula because Dracula has always been sex and violence in one package. So it makes more sense for him to be, you know, dreamy Luke Evans than yes. it does for Aaron Eckhart being dreamy Frankenstein's monster. Right? Yes. yes, it's more credible. It may not be credible, but it's more credible. It is. So I am lukewarm on Dracula Untold, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to be too mean about it. Um, so, yeah, before I get into this, though, I have one question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed a whole bunch of times um, that Dracula was wearing a cape that was all billowy and stuff. What good is a cape if it keeps on blowing away from your body? It looks fucking awesome. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> to me, it looks like... Why are you even wearing that thing? It does nothing. It's pulling away from you. It's ridiculous. That was like a super bone of contention for me with this movie. Capes. Um, capes. On. You don't yes. know how to wear a cape. Just exactly. get rid of it. Exactly. Right? More of a hindrance than a help. Um, so uh, pretty much I agree. Uh, very lukewarm on this movie. Yes, better than I, Frankenstein. Um, I like um, Tywin Lannister as the monster monster. Right. I thought he was he was good. Charles uh, Dance. Yeah, because like he's just like generally creepy, you know? I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Yeah. But, you know, his demeanor in most things that I've seen him in has been like overbearing creepy, you know? <laughs> if you've heard episode 75, you'll hear Ashley and I foaming at the mouth over his performance in The Golden Child. <laughs> the Golden Child? Yes. Like The Golden the Child? Golden, golden Child? child? Really? Yeah. Wow. I gotta watch that again. Classic. Um, yeah. So, um, and I thought, um, like, and again, going back to the the traditional thing of the vampires, you're bitten, you're fucked. Yeah. So I didn't really jive with them changing it. You know, if you can withhold for three days, then you're fine. It's like Alan Carr is the easy way to not drink blood yeah. type of thing. <laughs> so um, just say no. Yeah, just say no. <laughs> and. I mean, there's the, when he goes about making, like, all of these vampires all willy-nilly and not having any, there's no recourse in his brain. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Not a great guy. I don't know. There were things (laughs) that, meh, basically. I did not see the darkness in his character. Like, I I think in a way they made Dracula less scary, which is probably the thing that I take the most issue with. Because of intention? Yeah. Hmm. You know, you can have the best intentions, but if you do really shitty things to get to your end point, it yeah. still makes you shitty. And he should be scary. Like, he's a seductive figure, right? Yeah. Uh, particularly, like, when when we used to see Dracula, he's trying to seduce Lucy and Mina and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, either drain them for blood or, or claim them as his eternal 
bride, whatever. Yeah. But it's a seduction, and he's luring them to the dark side. Mm-hmm. This eternal life, anything that goes on forever becomes hell. It's not a good thing that he's no. inviting you into. Yeah. Right? So he's bad. He's a villain. Dracula is a bad guy, has ever been on the side of the, the dark, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm uncomfortable with that. Also, and this is just built into it being an origin story, how's this movie going to end, Karen? Not very well. <laughs> well, he's going to become Dracula, thing. right? Yeah. He's not going to be able to resist it. This evil is going yeah. to overtake him. And yeah. we know that from the second that the curtain rises on the film. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily the film's fault. It's just by the nature of it being a prequel. But we are going to watch this guy, for good or ill, become a monster. So Basically. try not to get too invested in you know things working out super yeah. good for him in the end. Which just goes to show you, again, what I was saying... What you do in the interim matters. Yeah. It, end game, whatever it is, good or bad, you know, for someone else, for yourself, it doesn't matter. But what you do in the interim matters. It really does. Yeah. So, yeah. Technically well executed. There yes. is a impressive and ludicrous action sequence where <laughs> Luke Evans literally takes on like a thousand people yes. <laughs> by himself. But notice he's not wearing the hampering cape. No, no, that would uh, be an encumbrance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's ludicrous, but it is entertaining. Sure. <laughs> like, he almost don't think he needs the rest of the army behind him like no. that he could have just handled this completely by himself he pretty much did didn't he and like the level of superpowers that he's giving him just makes him this absolutely unbeatable foe like yeah. they overpowered him to a ridiculous degree yes they did yeah uh in order to make the you know final confrontation somehow evil they have the floor is coated in silver which will weaken him so that he can actually have a fight that might have some stakes to it for a little while but yeah eh. come on <laughs> come on really <laughs> yeah yeah. We know from the very beginning of the movie that this is going to end with Dracula, and we know that Dracula is not a good dude. So I think uh, I would have shown that. This would have been like, I keep everything goes back to The Shining, right? Mm-hmm. This is a Jack Torrance. This is a guy who has good intentions but is flawed and is sort of driven mad, either by evil forces or by himself, right? Yeah. And uh, I should have seen this noble person. You know, What's his flaw? What's Dracula's flaw in this movie? Wanting to protect his children? I guess so. Um, I don't know. I I kind of think that that's like another note, like talking about intentions and what you do, what you put forth is what you eventually become. Right. So you start out as, as a good guy and you do shitty things, shitty things, shitty thing, you become that shitty thing. Right. You know, intentions intentions and yeah again what you do matters it what it takes to get there is important yeah. but like you don't want to just lay there and take it and have your son enslaved no. and go to to so but it, is the more noble thing to die fighting then sure i don't know i just go back to and again i guess I think of the Francis Ford Coppola version of, of Dracula with Gary Oldman, where we saw this this warrior who'd uh, done all this terrible business, killed all these people, put them up on spikes as a mm-hmm. warning to others to show all of his power. Yeah. And then when he gets, after doing all of these great things, and he, when he finds out that his love has been taken from him, he renounces everything. He renounces God. He's like, if I can't have this, then fuck 
everything. Yeah. He was obviously a flawed person. And I think if you put thousands yeah. of people on spikes, you're a broken individual at some <laughs> level, right? Like, none of that reads in Luke Evans' character. And I don't think it's a bad yeah. performance. I think, again, he's doing exactly what the script wants him to. But I don't believe he's capable of, you know, doing all these terrible things that we know Vlad the Impaler did. And yeah. uh, I understand that it's not really being a legitimate historical film. This is obviously a horror fantasy construct that we're in. But yeah. it's such an interesting idea to go back to Vlad the Impaler. I just, why make Vlad the Impaler kind of a softy, you know? Yes. Make him badass. Which, yeah, if you look at history, he was not a nice, gentle puppy. No, he was not. No. And if he was already badass, we could almost be scared to see what happens when he gets this power, yeah. right? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, I, I just found myself watching the movie, not hating the movie, but thinking, it would have been really cool if they'd done this. Yeah. And it would have been really interesting if they'd have taken this approach. Yeah. And they got the cast, for the most part, right, and they got the look of it mm -hmm. right, and they've got a couple of impressive action sequences. But yeah. again, I think it's it's a movie haunted by the better movie it could have been. Yes. Agreed. Good enough? Good enough. last time you touched someone. So, uh, Jonathan Glazer made this British crime thriller called Sexy Beast. Yes, I've seen Sexy Beast. Big fan, big, big fan. fan. He made another film with Nicole Kidman called Birth, which I've not seen, but I'm a little more curious to see what, just to see what the middle ground between Sexy Beast and Under the Skin would be. Because <laughs> <laughs> Under the Skin is a very different movie very than Sexy different. Beast. Yes. Um, it's set in Ireland. It stars Scarlett Johansson as an alien yep. who is on Earth to collect men. It's yes. a very strange film. <laughs> like, that is basically the plot. I mean, basically. I would say I would do a plot synopsis, but that's it. Yeah. It's very minimal in its dialogue. It's got a pretty hypnotic score and an epic coldness to it yes um scarlett johansson interesting figure I, like she's been around forever i've mm -hmm. seen her since she was like a child yeah uh in, in film so we've kind of watched her grow up into like super sexy a-list you know hollywood actress and in the wake of doing movies like the avengers and all these high profile things it's kind of interesting that she would choose this this particular project it's outside of her comfort zone as far as the performance she's given, and it's also uh, 
fairly ugly and sexual in a way we've never seen ScarJo <laughs> go. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, forever ago, I reviewed this movie Pathology in which uh, Alyssa Milano appeared completely naked in it. And she was yeah. another one of these actresses that's been very coveted. And when she finally decided to, hey, boys, I'm going to be naked, but I'm going to be naked in as least a sexy a construct as you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And that's sort of the uncomfortable vibe of the movie. That's sort of the what, what, what sticks with me about Under the Skin is that the movie makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. On purpose. That is by design of the movie. I'm never quite sure how I should be feeling about what I'm seeing. I'm never quite sure about, <laughs> like... If I should be sympathetic to a certain character at a certain time or not, like mm -hmm. I am constantly just uncomfortable and almost hypnotized by the film. So, because it's unlike anything I've ever seen, and because it is a very arty horror movie, yeah, I'm on board. I liked Under the Skin, okay, but uh, I understand it to be a difficult motion picture. Yes. So I am curious to hear what you have to say. I thought this movie was a big, giant stinker. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a really difficult time watching it. I think I stopped it like four or five times. Wow. Just to get away from the utter monotony and super arty pretentiousness that this movie brought. Okay. I hated this movie a lot. <laughs> All we right. are super not going to agree this we're time. We're not going to agree this time. No, no. I thought, um, like... What I have here is I, well, in first, I didn't understand some things. Like, she just strips some random woman. Did she, like, the whole beginning part, I don't really understand. But, um, regardless, um, drive, shop, drive, 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 man in house, promising, sinks into the floor. That was a good point. More driving, 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 drowning, driving, driving, driving. <laughs> There was a whole lot of driving. The driving drove me crazy. I thought, I don't know, it's, I did not get anything good from this movie. I, I see what they were going for with the artsy stuff. Like it was, you know, kind of reminiscent of a 2001 type of vibe to it. It feels very sci-fi. I it would does. still call it a horror movie just because of the stuff that we're subjected yeah. to. But it does feel sci-fi. Yes, it does. Um, well, I'm going to defend the movie then. Do it. I dare <laughs> um, you. As far as her driving and her interactions with the men, mm -hmm. here's my defense of that. Okay. There was a hidden camera in the car, and there was a hidden camera on the street, and Scarlett Johansson was driving up to strangers and asking for directions. Yes. It was I got improv. that. It was improv. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't scripted. They basically spent several nights with Scarlett Johansson driving around and interviewing people, and they sort of collaged that. Huh. Uh, so, it, when you're talking about the beginning of the movie, we we're not given a lot of information. We're mm -mm. basically just supposed to take what we see and build us build a map of a story out of it. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson is not the only alien there. There are these male guys who mm -hmm. are driving around on these motorbikes and the racing track suits or yeah. whatever who seem to be working behind the scenes if there's a mess that needs to be cleaned up mm -hmm. or whatever and they bring this body of this woman to her and we see her strip the clothes off her and put her on that's one of the first images that we yeah. see and uh what i'm seeing for her is her basically 
learning what what it is to fit in and to be quote human mm. she's wearing this human mask but she's got a very specific task yeah for whatever reason we are never told why they're collecting men mm. and like you say they sink into this really bizarre black tar looking liquid yeah. and are slowly absorbed while they're conscious within it yes very very strange and troubling very strange <laughs> um so when she first starts doing this, it doesn't mean anything to her, really. She's yeah. just doing her job. There's this memorable, memorable scene where she watches this family on a beach. Their dog gets caught up in the riptide, and the wife goes out to save the dog, and then she gets caught up on the riptide, yeah. and the husband goes out to save the wife, yeah. and the man that she's with her goes and tries to save all of them. Nobody's going to get saved, Mm-mm. right? In fact, the one guy who makes disorders, Carla Johansson, smashes with a rock, mm-hmm. and she leaves this screaming baby. Yep. On the rocks of the beach. Yeah. And she just goes back to the car and has one of the guys collect the male's body so that they can add it to their collection. Mm-hmm. And the baby's left on the beach. There's this horrifying shot of this baby sitting on the rocks, the waves lapping, almost about to touch him. And the man walks right to where the baby is. And you think, oh, finally. And he picks up the body, turns around and walks away and leaves the baby screaming yeah. there. In one of the endless driving scenes you're complaining about, you can hear a radio broadcast where they're talking about a missing family. Mm-hmm. So presumably nobody found that baby. Yeah. And again, Scarlett Johansson watches this all go down with eyes as placid as a dill. Mm. And so do we like her? Do we hate her? Where do we, how do we <laughs> land on this, right? Yeah. So when we get towards the end of the movie, when we see this really brutal end that happens to her, How are we to feel about it? What are we to make of it? Okay, I can see your points. I I found a lot to chew on in that. Yeah, you did. A lot more than I did. I think it's it's very much a mood watch. Right. If you're not in the mood to watch, this was the very first movie that I watched. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was super tired. I think I might have even been a little bit hungover that day. (laughs) And I was just lying on the couch trying to watch this thing. And it just wasn't sitting right. I completely understand that yeah. it's not for everybody. Yeah. And it is ice cold. The Super movie ice cold. is and again, if it wasn't deliberate, <laughs> like I I might be right there with you. Yeah. Or if I thought they went too far with it. Yeah. But I I I'm curious about like the source material too. She meets uh, another gentleman in her quest uh, who is disfigured he's got mm-hmm. this really crazy elephantitis man sort of face and he is so touched by the idea that this woman would be nice to him yeah. or would approach to him in this sort of gentle way that I think she's weirdly affected by it so much so that she decides at the last minute she doesn't want that guy to be absorbed she thinks she has second thoughts yeah it's forced upon her by the secondary, her backup team ends up taking that guy out anyway. But we've seen her go from the woman who would let a baby die of exposure on a rocky beach mm. to this yeah. moment of compassion. So she breaks away from the formula. She runs. She just mm. stops her hunt. She's no longer looking for men. She's basically just exploring the world. Mm-hmm. She has sex with a guy and just leaves it. Like, just... Yeah. She's programmed to be seductive, so she still does that. But she sort of says, so where does this lead if I'm not leading them to their death? Oh, <laughs> it leads to sex. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> well, I guess I see what they're talking about, why they like sex so much. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, we come to this really chilling, grim climax. And I have to say, when we finally see what she looks like under the skin, literally, I found her disturbing and beautiful at the same time. Beautiful. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Not just because it was ending, <laughs> but yeah, I thought, yeah, there was like a certain grace to what was underneath. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's impossible to describe. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it just really like, is. She's just a, a woman like you would see a woman, but like sheer black. Made of ink. Sheer black ink. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she uh, gets assaulted by another person. And again, yeah. she wakes up and she, he's basically grabbing on her and being super rapey and it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. But again, we're watching this, I find, with almost the same cold distance that she was watching the family on the beach. Like, she doesn't deserve this necessarily. But she's done terrible <laughs> things. She came to Earth to hunt men, and she killed yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. The movie doesn't pull any punches, too. We see a lot of... Well, I guess we don't see a lot of graphic violence. We see a lot of graphic nudity, and we see a lot of uh, cold ugliness. Yes. And uh, I guess I appreciate that they didn't flinch. Yeah. I would like to say that I would give this movie... Like, based on what you've said, I'd like to say that I'd give it a second chance. But it's my opinions are so soiled okay. <laughs> from that first watch. I just can't. And usually, like I've been told by many people that I actually, that I like boring movies, which I consider that to be a boring <laughs> movie. Because um, I, I like, I like to, to think of what's behind the actual story. I like the thinker pieces. Yeah. That just, I don't know, disagreed with me. It's not, it is languidly paced, and it's definitely yeah. one of those movies that you don't want to start after 10 o'clock. Like, yeah. you're not going to probably make it through. No. Uh, the, the score is done by this, uh, I can't remember, she was a part of the band Mikachu and the Shapes. Uh, really cool ambient score that sort yeah. of gets you into the sort of sleepy, haunting vibe of the movie. I understand that it's not for everyone, and yeah. when I say this is an art horror film, I, I absolutely 100% <laughs> Yeah, believe that. I mean, yeah. And if that sounds like wankery to you, then by yeah. all means, stay yeah. home. But I watch a lot of movies, mm -hmm. and I can't really compare this to anything. I uh, will give it, it that. It it stuck it with unique. me. It stuck with yeah. me. It's unpleasant. It is. And unpleasant. anybody who's like heard, oh, Scarlett Johansson's naked in this movie. Yay! Let's see some naked Scarjo. No, it's not like that. It's not, it's like, not that. like that. It's not sexy at all. I wonder if that's why she did. It. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's exactly why I'm, I'm having such a hard time with this movie is because, you know, when I watch movies, I, I need to connect on some level. And there was nothing about that person that I could relate to. Yeah. Not a single thing. Absolutely unfeeling. And that's, I feel a lot. Yes. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe that's my problem with it is, is so far removed from what humanity should be. You're not wrong, Karen. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. Yeah. And, and again, like, I'm sitting here saying, I don't even know necessarily what the journey was. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that it's a good or bad movie? Like, how do I feel about her being assaulted, ripped, and burnt alive at yeah. the end of that movie? Yeah. And it's not like, it's by another human being. It's not even that, like, like that the other aliens caught up with her. Yeah. It's like she became a victim of her own... Uh, yeah sort of <laughs> designs. This is the sort of thing she was doing to, to, to men, luring men through her sexuality yeah. for, to, to, to their death, right? Yeah. And I guess in a way that she wasn't really lured, she was just fucking assaulted, but yeah. uh, did she learn anything? Did she realize what she was doing was wrong? 
if she had to do again, would she have saved that family? Like, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I doubt but that that ending experience did anything to... Improve her opinion of people. Exactly. Yeah. But again, she abandoned the quest. This 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 job that she was doing, she she stopped doing it. Yeah. I don't know. It's I find it interesting. I think it's worth a watch. But I totally understand that people yeah. could could not be as as big on it. Um, it's hard he, to relate to something you can't relate to. It's a big swing, like, and like yeah. I said, it made me curious to watch this birth movie, which I have not seen that uh, he did. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was some controversy because there's a scene where Nicole Kidman has a bath with her son. They're in a bathtub together and there's some sort of controversy about it. I don't know. Mm. Incest stuff doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I would hope that it doesn't really do it for most. But I really, really <laughs> like Sexy Beast and I quite like this. Again, this is yeah. a movie that I wrestle with and that I find interesting and that I basically recommend on that. Yeah. But I'm not like, it's one of the best films of the year. It's, it's yeah. like... It's really odd. Make sure you're in the mood for, like, almost nothing. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, yeah, you and I have very different takes on it. It yeah. could be a mood thing. It could be, I don't know, it could be many, many things. I am, yeah, I don't even know what to say about this movie. I really don't. I'm at a loss. It is very cold and clinical, but like I said, it's not accidental. I don't think yeah. anything in that movie was accidental. Six creature features. Yes. Uh, say what you will. I know that you were you're disparaging the quality. There are a lot of different movies yeah. here. Like <laughs> we, we kind of spanned a, quite a spectrum. Yeah. So uh, I am curious. What was the least favorite of these six horror movies and why? All right. Well, I think this one we may agree upon. Okay. I Frankenstein. <laughs> it was it was pretty freaking bad. Like um. I don't know. I can't really think of any redeeming qualities about this. Like I said, I'm not a a a glitzy fireworks kind of person. Right. Um, I always look for the substance, which I think is or should be more important than anything is the substance behind. This did not have it. Yes. Uh. So fifth. Uh. And this is where I think we're gonna differ. Under, <laughs> Under the, the skin. skin. Wow. All the way down there. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, I can totally see your viewpoint, and I wish I would have been in a more suitable frame of mind for viewing this, but hung over on the couch, very first thing when you wake up in the morning, (laughs) 
It's probably not the best time to watch this. Um, I'm sure if you saw this in a theater, it would have just melted your fucking brain. <laughs> I'm sure it would have. I'm sure it would have. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I really like thinker pieces, which I think this is very much a thinker piece. But it, it just... wasn't connecting for you. It was not connecting for me. So be it. Yep. Um, fourth, Werewolf. Um, a lot of freaking flaws with this. First and foremost... Um, if you cast somebody who can't act, you should probably take a second look at that. that. You want to fix, fix that. that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, you know, a lot of these people, and it was like you said, when it's supposed to be a period piece, it loses so many points if you fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. If you take it out of that reality, it just, it loses it for me. doesn't matter how good your set design is. No. It's not how good the costumes is. If the performances nope. aren't a period, you fucked it up. <laughs> exactly. You super fucked it up. And I think uh, the main guy, the Stephen Rhea. Stephen Ray guy? was the doctor. Oh, he uh, was the doctor. Ed Quinn, Ed Quinn was the head hunter dude. Um, yeah, the head hunter dude who was uh, also in, what was that quirky little sci-fi? Lost? Nope. Before that. Oh, was he in Lost? Uh, Ed Quinn was in Lost. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know what character he was. Um, he was the one of the main powers of the island. He represented <gasps> right, the light. Right, right, yes. Uh, no, he, ah, uh, Eureka. Eureka. He was in Eureka way back when. Uh, okay. That quirky, quirky show. Um, yeah, I thought he wasn't very well cast for that particular I don't think he's a bad role. actor. I think Neither. it was just a, it was just a empty Not, role. Yeah. Uh, so third, uh, Dracula Untold. Right. Um, which I think we might be on the same par with this one at least i liked oh. it but i'm not like enthusiastic about it, it yeah was, it was fine exactly um <laughs> better than yeah i frankenstein and werewolf for sure mm, i take it or leave it it doesn't grab me i don't remember much about it quite right. honestly um nor about any of the characters really <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> on that note all right yeah um, second to the top is Horns. Yay. Yeah. I think you rated this lower than me. I really liked this one. I thought, I thought the, and yes, this is the one where I found the much deeper meaning. Right. I thought it was very much. There's a lot going on in that movie. There's a Some lot might going argue on. too much, but, uh, I, I really don't think so. It. I don't think so. I think it, but yeah, I think it all relates back to. You know, being bullied and society and how you react to that and how society sees you is how you become and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I really, really liked this movie. I highly recommend it. And, of course, The Babadook. Babadook. <laughs> Loved it. It was... This is how psych psychological thriller horror movies should be. Yeah. This is what was of the past and what should be again because this is this is gold this is what it should be it's interesting too like <laughs> i think that uh it's it, we got so deep into the psychological aspect of it and into like what we're doing dealing with our grief or our anger or yeah. whatever but yeah. i think we might have undersold how frightening that movie is. Oh, God. Because it is Super so fucking frightening. <laughs> it really is scary. Yeah. So on top of all that good stuff you have to chew on, uh, you, you'll get your you'll get your money's worth from the horror movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry, Karen. Today was not I the know. day. Nope. Today was not the day. Didn't think it would be. It wasn't just under the skin that messed us up, but uh, oh. uh, our order's slightly different. Okay. But, 
we start off in the same place. Yep, of course. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to back uh, you up that I Frankenstein is the worst of these movies. Yep. It's a good-looking movie and that is all. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much. That is all. Yeah. <laughs> if you like that kind of thing too. Um in fifth place I put Werewolf the okay. Beast Among Us. Yeah. Um there's a good movie haunting that movie, but uh it's just it doesn't it doesn't yep. close the deal for me, and I, I like where they're going. Period. Hard R werewolf movie. I sure. so wanted it to be good. But... It could have been good. Could <laughs> and have been. It's one of those things, though. Me wanting it to be that good <laughs> might have been one of the reasons it was even worse. Yes. Like because I had feelings. <laughs> yep. How dare I have feelings? <laughs> In fourth place for me, Dracula Untold. Um, it's a positive okay. review, but again, I. I that's a movie that's just full of potential to the left and right. And I yeah. think it's a good movie, but it might have, you know, been great. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been better. So, worth a watch, but there it is. Yeah. In third place, controversially, Horns, starring our Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's everything. Everything went into the punch bowl here. It's funny. It's scary. It's violent. It's strange. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a pretty rich psychological component to it as well. Yeah. I mean, th- everything and the kitchen sink is in here. It's mm-hmm. a real good meal of a horror movie. Like, you yeah. don't get... It's over two hours long. You don't encounter that with You don't notice that often. either. And it goes... Like, yeah. there's enough going on that it holds its length fine. Yeah. It's very rare. You don't see a lot of epic horror movies like nope. that. So, um, and I remain a fan of Alexander Aja. I will watch whatever that man does, <laughs> especially if it's a horror movie. I put it under the skin in second place. I was haunted by the movie. Like that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm currently holding up the movie cases in, in Larry's order. order. <laughs> yeah, so I knew you it. could have cooked the books. Could have. Right? Yeah. Uh, it stuck with me. Like, I found myself thinking about the movie a lot after I yeah. watched it. And for me, that, that says a lot. Yeah. When I when the credits ran, I remember sort of thinking, huh, that was strange. <laughs> yeah. But, like, days afterwards, images would just come into my head. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not something you want to start late at night. And, yeah, it's absolutely or not for first everybody. first thing in the morning, hungover. <laughs> yeah. But really? I, I agree, it's not yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But uh, it's it is interesting. Uh, it, and if you wanna if you wanna drool over Scarlett Johansson, there's probably a better movie for that because there's many many better movies for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. She is naked in the movie. I guess that is undeniable. But there's nothing sexy about it. It's no. always treated with this clinical coldness. Uh, and yeah. I say that strangely to the movie's benefit. And to back you up, I think it's a movie that I should have liked. You think so? I think so. It seems like my kind of movie. But sometimes it just hits you the wrong day. Who yeah. knows? I don't and know. yeah, I mean I think I think I tipped my hand pretty thoroughly during the review. Yeah. That I said that the Babadook's one of the best horror oh. movies of recent memory. Yeah. Like it's hard to compare to. Like I'm a fan of Jennifer Kent, whatever movie she does next, I'm one hundred percent going to be watching. For sure, it. for sure. Um, she's not sequelizing the Baba Duke, and good for her. That this, is good. They could have franchised that character very easily, but uh, oh. instead they're just going to let it be a really fucking strong horror movie. Which and... is what most movies should do. Yeah. If you have a brilliant freaking movie, don't fuck it up. You know what we don't by need? making more Baba Duke two. No. We don't need it. No, we don't need it. It's, yeah, brilliant standalone, as it, it should be. It is the smartest and the scariest movie of this bunch. 
Yep. Horns is probably a close second in the smart category, but I think that yep. Baba Duke's just got a little extra edge on it. Yep. Um, you were saying that uh, Under the Skin was the movie that maybe you should have liked more than you did. I think yeah. Horns was that for me. Yeah. Horns was a movie that Larry should just be like foaming at the mouth about, because it's really everything that I love in a, in yeah. a horror movie. It's just like, uh, and I do like it. Like, I'm not at arm's length at it at all. I do endorse it and say, yeah, check out Horns if, it, if yeah. it's something that's in your thing. But I feel like the reaction that it got, and you know, because I like Aja, because I like Joe Hill, that I should be sitting here saying Horns is like this. Horns is the epic horror movie yeah. of the last ten years. But no, no, Babadook no. takes that prize. I think. Um... Yeah, both Horns and The Babadook, for me, they're, the reason I like them so much is because of how smart they are. Yeah. They're not... And yeah, I equate everything really back to that the stupid humor that comes out a lot, which I just don't care for. And a lot of horror movies, they go with your old, your old standbys and they become stupid yeah. humor to me. In, in the scary sense. Or they take but. the easy route out, you know. Exactly, which is what stupid humor does. It's not intelligent. It's fart jokes. And I've said it before, you know? horror and comedy, they complement each other. Yeah, they do. But if you're making a horror movie, I mean, you can have moments of levity, but you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. you got to be careful. Yeah. Too much to one side in the brew, and you overbalance things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean... I think you liked half of the movies. It wasn't a, like a terrible list. You got a fifty percent. It wasn't ratio. bug. There was no bug on. There was that no list. bug in it. You, you, you weren't yeah. mad at me for making you no. watch Under the Skin no. or I Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, no, I was not mad at you this time. Because <laughs> I was almost expecting an open head slap in the face. That's for I Frankenstein. Uh, she says. <laughs> yeah, no, I Frankenstein was another one that. You know, I started and stopped multiple times. It's pretty short, and it's the it is pretty too. short. It's and like that's eighty-eight the thing. minutes or yeah. something like that. It really flies by. And I still needed a break yeah. to watch it. Multiple <laughs> so, breaks. <laughs> yeah, not great. Well, like I said, definitely check out Horns. Definitely check out Babadook. Um, I guess split decision on Under the Skin, but I would say it's interesting enough that it were it's worth a day in court. Make sure you're in an arty movie type mood, Fair basically. Enough. Yeah, yeah. And Thanks. not hungover. Not hungover. Yes. Oh, I would never watch a movie if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> True. Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. And so the 97th episode of Ranking Review comes to an end. What'd you think? Did I get it wrong? Did Karen get it wrong? Well, you can write me and let me know at rankingreview at gmail.com and I would actually really appreciate it. And since we're getting so very close to the 100th episode, if you could help me out by sharing this podcast with your friends on Facebook or just telling your other movie fan friends about the podcast, it would be very helpful. A four or five star review on iTunes is particularly good for me. And if you throw me a like or a comment on the Facebook page, I will personally see it. And uh, it will make me feel feelings that are good. So until next we speak, uh, thank you as always for listening to Rankin Review.